discussion, debate is over, you will write a formal apology. I will what? A formal apology. You will kowtow, you will step and fetch. Frank, if you think you can get take me... Get used to it, it's the way of the world. If you're so hot on discipline, then gun damn it, start by accepting mine. Because contrary to popular opinion, I'm the head in charge. Come on, let's get something to eat. You really think you're bad, don't you? Everybody, uh, welcome back to Gundam and MAHQ. This is uh, one of your hosts, Neo, and joining me always is Solbro and Chris, or Chris and Solbro, if you want to do it alphabetically. Guys, say hello. Rip it, sir. Yo, 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 yo. The is yo. And this is uh, episode 188 of Gundam and MAHQ. In this episode, we're going to be uh, talking, doing a quick little synopsis. And some of our thoughts, highlights, lowlights, and everything in between when it comes to season two of Voltron Legendary Defender, a animated show uh, available, I guess, only exclusively on Netflix, right, Chris? Correct. Sobro, at this point. At least in the um, United States. I'm not sure if it's on other different networks elsewhere, but yeah, for us, it's ex- exclusive to Netflix. Okay. Yeah. Because I know sometimes they, you know, they have these weird partnerships and you can't always go by what has Netflix on the program thing because at one point it could have been something else. It really wasn't Netflix. And it's always. Well, this one is legit, legit Netflix. They have an exclusive deal with DreamWorks Animation. So Uh, this one's real Netflix, not we license it exclusively for this one country. So we're going to slap our name on it, Netflix. (laughs) Yo, exposed. (laughs) So it's like House of Cards Netflix, not, you know. Right something else that is not house of cards <laughs> <laughs> yeah some of those shows are like a network show that got canceled after three episodes but they made 12 episodes so it's like oh netflix will save it <laughs> <laughs> if we could get some some money out of this it's better than no money so um yeah so we'll be talking about that but uh before we um do any of that chris Solbro, anything as i'm sauntering over to the uh Lord Larry King Memorial. You are the king. You are the king. New studio for some news. Listener submitted news. I got nothing. I'm bankrupt yeah. as well. <laughs> All right. Bankrupt as well. Bankrupt. And morally bankrupt. Uh, always. Always. And I, I know that we were on kind of a little, a little hiatus there for some things, man. So um, if I skip over some uh, news items, it's just because they're probably really old um, and they may, they just don't seem to have any value at this point. But thank you for the submission. And, you know, sorry, it's, it's, it's a time sensitive thing. Mm-hmm. We're not exactly a time sensitive news organization. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And in 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 the Gundam news department, it's like deadlines. What are those? Uh, we don't know. <laughs> All day. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but uh, the first one here comes from uh, Yazi eighty eight, and he's got some news about the Pacific Rim sequel. And it looks like Charlie Day, who which was the main character 
um, in the first movie is going to be coming back for the sequel, but it looks right. like you Charlie Charlie Day is the crazy scientist. Oh, he's not uh, the dude oh, from Hunnam. Sons of Anarchy. You're thinking of Charlie Hunnam. You think of Hunnam, yeah. Oh, I knew Charlie something. Sorry. I didn't completely read the article, so uh, th- thank you for that fact check, uh, J. Joe McWanche. Yo, that so, news. <laughs> hey, at least I can admit I make a mistake when I, I do the news. Amen. And I want pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see what I can do. <laughs> I'll tell you this much. There's billboards where I live everywhere about Spider-Man. So um, all I know is July 7th. That's all I know. Hell yeah. <laughs> get God rave, get rave reviews too. Holy shit. Damn, there's billboards all over. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> God. The Sony knows uh, how to do it. <laughs> man, okay, I get it. Um, but um, oh yeah, so he's the cra- he rich one. He was the little short scientist guy, not the guy that not the guy with the accent, but the other guy with like mm-hmm. the, the yes. fanboy dude with the tattoos. Yep, that's him. You know Charlie Charlie Day from, from it's always it's sunny. always sunny. Yeah, and I don't. Yeah, I've only watched the thing about the night man. So. <laughs> well, there you go. Him. He's <laughs> the the creator of the night man. So. Um, <laughs> But uh, and then I guess the Ron Perlman, who which was what was he like the weird like um, arms dealer or something like mafia boss in the first one. He was a crime. Yeah. Not- he was a crime lord, and he dealt with uh, uh, selling monster parts and stuff like that, recycling the what was left of the kaiju and all that. Yeah, yeah. he was he was like what the white man with the Asian name or something That's like right. that. Hannibal Chow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> So uh, thank you, Mr. Yazi88, for uh, your submission. Oh, man. Uh, Bet Noir comes here with something. Maybe Chris might have some uh, additional um, comments on this. But there, there is a new uh, Megazone 23 project reveals a new visual. I guess this was something that um, coming from the Anime News Network. It's from the beginning of the, of the month here, and I guess there is a crowdfunding page for a Megazone 23 11 anime project. Oh. Um, do you know anything about this, Chris? Um, I, yeah, I don't there's see a any couple of, couple of things uh, they're doing for the 30th anniversary of uh, Studio AIC, and they want to do a reboot of Megazone, but they're also trying to crowdfund this uh, sequel. So the money that they're raising is to create a pilot film to show to potential sponsors to get funding for a full TV series. Oh, okay. I've heard about uh, other shows doing this lately, too. It seems like crowdfunding is really becoming a big thing when it comes to getting, like... um, passion project of fans and uh, of either like older series or you know other things to kind of get going there so well in some cases like this one i think uh the money is itself is even just a secondary objective Mm -hmm. the main goal is to show to sponsors that yes there actually is interest for this project because look at all these people that put up money for it yeah great way to gauge interest yeah definitely So, uh, wow. Okay. Well, definitely looking forward to that. So, uh, thank you, Vent Noir. And, um, looks like, uh, Yokozuna Bulldozer here has a, uh, submission and coming from the Anime News Network. I guess there's a new Irresponsible Galaxy Tyler TV anime short series that's going to be coming out here in June. Uh, looks like it's going to premiere on June, July 11th. I'm sorry. 
And um, it's a short television adaptation of the most irresponsible man in space novels. <laughs> and um, yeah, so looks like it's looks like it's going to be kind of a go. Um, I know Chris and, is a huge fan of the uh, original series, man. How do you feel about that, yeah. man? I mean, Are you looking any, forward to this? Any new Tyler after 20-something years is nice. It's just kind of sucks that it's not going to be the conclusion to the OVA that yeah. never happened. Yeah it's, a whole, yeah, it's a whole new story, it says here. So, okay, well, that's... Um, that's that's some good news. So 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 you're halfway satisfied then, Chris? <laughs> I guess so. I mean, I mean, I mean, I guess it's better than you just never ever being satisfied like you normally are. So exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> there you go. So uh, thank you, Mister Yokozuna Bulldozer, for your submission. And uh, Mister Yazi eighty eight gave a link here, and I'm not going to um, talk anything about it because it goes right straight to YouTube. Uh, trailer, but it's a trailer for uh, the Mazinger Z movie, so uh, definitely check that out. And oh man, uh, what do we got here? Oh, Soul Bro. Oh, I think you. Yeah, the, the the world is about to end. Oh, you no. know what that means? Oh, it's time. Yes. It's time. Sound the yeah. alarm. Yes, I hear you. I'll be back. It's gonna end, not blow up. So I just want. <laughs> it's it's coming to a close. I a, just, ro- a robotic close. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I see. But press on. I was on, trying sir. to do a cue there. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> you think it's gonna be okay? <laughs> I see. Go for it, sir. <laughs> and this comes from Mr. Vent Noir, and I guess there is. So the title of this. Um, Article from the MarySue.com says our robot overlords will give guinea pigs the best and cutest names. Um, I guess uh, have somebody from the Portland Guinea Pig Rescue. I did not realize that there were guinea pig rescues out there because I didn't. My um, experience with guinea pigs—they don't last very long. They're like not exactly the most long-lived pets. So uh, is that them or hamsters? Hamsters die pretty quick too. Yeah, I think hamsters die pretty quick. But people, a lot of people do um, get guinea pigs at first and don't take well, good care of them, and then end up giving them up. So there's an abundance mm-hmm. of them all the time, and yeah, it's pretty cool. They have uh, uh, rescues for them. Uh, that's uh, could be worse. They could be ferrets, which are the most vile things ooh, ever. Ooh, gross! But that's the whole thing. gross. <laughs> but sorry, sorry to all our, our, our ferret-loving listeners out there, but it's kind of gross, Pat. Um, but yeah, that's very stinky. Thing. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. So stinky. <laughs> yep. Even if they have their little glands taken out or whatever, they're still just, ugh. Yeah. But um, yeah, I guess uh, a research scientist received a curious request from the Portland guinea pig rescue. Have you ever trained a neural network to generate guinea pig names? Well, uh, that, that was unique. And I guess they, um, uh, they did that and they documented how, uh, a neural network was uh, generating um, guinea pig names. So I guess as we get killed, we're going to be by the when the robots rebel, we're going to be probably given a guinea pig name before they uh, rip our heads off. So um, and some of the names, these are kind of stupid. So I mean, but I think this is just the uh, just the robots trying to play dumb with us, trying to give us the false sense that uh, they're they're not going to be as intelligent and mass murdering as they think. Um, some of the names included pork chop, pop chop. Fuzzable, 
Buzzberry, Afterpie, Flurry White, Stargoon. And there are some other ones. Uh, Pugger P, mm-hmm. Snifkit, which I think that would probably be Wolverine. Snick, Snickit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sure. Um, <laughs> Gooper. Bless, that's for the religious, uh, for our Christian oh, but of course. Uh, guinea pig lovers. Uh, Hanger Dan. <laughs> oh, wow. Hanger Dan sounds like some bad character from an 80s movie. Like, our, there's Hanger Dan. Our, our, ter- uh, our terrible band. <laughs> that, too. It hey, also sounds like the name that you refer to Chopper Dan by before he gets into the chopper to give oh, you yeah, the uh, local traffic report. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe Hanger Dan is his brother. Never Could know be. that. Also, is Stargoon the uh, like lesser known wannabe brother of Star Lord? I, I don't. Well, <laughs> that's interesting that you say that because it's it's Stargoon, but it's um the the it's all one word and no capital G. So I know uh, Star Lord at least has the capital L. So I uh, don't know. I'll, I'll have to get back with you on that's a great question, Chris. I'll get I'll get back with you in more details as we get them. Uh, Nuzzy. Spockers. That's my favorite. So that, I guess that's I guess that's for uh, Mr. Spock. That's Spockers. Right. Spockers. Um, yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's kind of growing up. Spockers. 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 You will forever be my friend, Spockers. <laughs> these are these are also the the uh, the favorite ones. There was mum mum. Cole, Mum Cole, Oof. and then there was some not so favorites, which included <laughs> these are funny. Uh, me, as in me, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, fleshy, which I think is a code word that means that's that's going to be the the code word that goes out to all the robots. The humans are fleshy, so we can pe- use our robot claws to pierce their skin. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, butty, Berlomi. Uh, Mooney Hen and Bo Eight O To Diesel. Oh Jesus! Yeah, it, it's just a bunch of gibberish. So um, yeah, well, thank you, Mister Vent Noir, for that. Um, and as I said, as the robots rip off your faces, they'll at least give you cute little names. Spockers, you've lost your face, and you will die. <laughs> so um, thank you, Mister Vent Noir. And oh my gosh, you come back with. Our last article of the night, and uh, oh man, uh, you should you should uh, you should do some um, really sad music. Oh so, damn, bro! As as uh, it seems that there's going to be uh, 14 titles that are going to lo- leave the Daisuke service by the end of June. So if you haven't seen the, seen some of these, uh, you better better get on it. It's time to there's uh, B Project Rewrite. Uh, Quadelia Code, World mm-hmm. Battler Dunbine, Ooh. Heavy Metal L Game, Gal Gygar, King of Braves, Mama is a Fourth Grader. That sounds like a what? That sounds like a that <laughs> sounds like a Southern rock band, like a Southern rock show. Like Mama was a fourth grader, and then she had to go to the fields, you know, to raise the kids. Mobile Suit Gundam Double O. Oh, and I think that's both seasons, even the infamous horrible second season. Uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Seed. Uh, Mo- Mobile Suit Gundam Sea Destiny. Nobody will miss that. Uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Wing. Uh, Round Verne Fifum. Turde Gundam. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, Hurricane Iron Leaguer. Yo, hell so, yes. Uh, there you go. So, 
any of those that you guys are going to binge watch tonight to, to kind of get out of your way? Tonight, huh? Yo, I'm going to plow through all of life. Um. <laughs> all, all 50 plus episodes. Let's go. <laughs> Most dedicated you are, sir. Oh, boy. I got to say, I'm annoyed that Daisuke does these uh, short term deals where things are only online yeah. for a few months. And it especially sucks for shows that are out of print, like Gal Gygar, and, and shows that are not, and Dunbine, and shows that never got a physical release here anyway, like Elgheim and Fife them. Um, so yeah. if people want to watch it legitimately, now what do they do? Why take it away? I don't understand the point of that, but Japan is weird about streaming rights for things. Yeah. Since they got dragged into the streaming, kicking and screaming. <laughs> for the most part. And you would kind of kicking think that streaming. They, kicking and streaming. <laughs> and you would kind of think that they'd at least keep some of the Gundam up there. I mean, uh, probably that might... I would, I would venture a lot of people... Go to Daisuke for that. I mean, what makes me uh, wonder if uh, if some of some well, of those shows good, are. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is also on Gundam and Hulu. No, I'm sorry, Hulu. Like yeah. uh, some, even though it's leaving Daisuke, a lot of this stuff is elsewhere. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you you are correct there. So, but yeah, it is kind of weird though. It's like, are are they even going to be around? I mean, why why even have Daisuke around if if uh, this stuff is found in other things? So, I uh, I don't know, but um, so that's it. That's the news. Thank you for everybody for um, submitting. If you ever have any news, just uh, submit it to the news listener submitted news articles thread in the Gundam section of the Mecha Talk forum. And um, I guess now we'll talk about our uh, main topic here: is the second season of Voltron Legendary Defender. So, uh, who wants to do that, Chris? I take it. Sure. So this uh, second season debuted back in January on Netflix, and it's 13 episodes just like the first season and also like the third season that conveniently debuts in August. So mm-hmm. we're got a pretty good time here to uh, discuss this. Yeah. So we uh, kind of pick off where everything left off with the uh, paladins escaping from uh, – Zarkon's reach and everyone gets separated after falling into uh, the wormhole and they've got to spend an episode or two getting back together and most of the story of this season is figuring out a way to counterattack against Zarkon and exploring some new storylines like um, Rebel Galra. There's a group called the the Blade of Malmora mm-hmm. and Keith has uh, a connection to them which he discovers is that um, his mother presumably is part Galra which makes him part Galra and suddenly puts him on Allura's shit list since she's obviously a racist. (laughs) She is! (laughs) She's so racist. But at least she admits it later on and and, uh, gets rid of the racism. Mm -hmm. Um... So we have, for a couple episodes late in the season, everyone uh, splitting up to go get parts to do this big um, <clears throat> warp thingamajig to warp um, Zarkon's flagship somewhere else away from his fleet so that they can attack it and destroy it with the help of the uh, 
Rebel Galra. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you guys, but I got a total Transformers Prime vibe during those episodes of we need to split our forces to go do this thing and get the stuff. Yes. Yes, I I did too. (laughs) Yeah, it's stuff like that. Which we know that show likes to do uh, quite a bit. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's cost effective on uh, when you need to have certain cast members in the studio. <laughs> yes. Oh, is, is is that the is that the actual trick of it? Is, no, I'm just bullshit. But uh, you know, maybe that's part of it. I don't it, know. It's, it sounds it sounds like kind of a. <laughs> Uh, we go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead with your. Oh, I was gonna say it's actually cool because you get this, you get more more um time focused on certain characters that probably don't get focus in the main storyline. So it's cool to get to know those characters on the side missions. We got a little bit of that in season one too. So that, that's all I was gonna say. Um, and then we have the last two episodes of the season that bring us some more revelations, like the fact that uh, the witch Hagar is actually Altaian. Oh, yeah. Which is quite a surprise to Alora, And we get a big boss battle with Zarkon in his evil Zarkon-looking mecha up against Voltron with the uh, newly enhanced Black Lion wings because Shiro has the touch now. Oh, yes. <laughs> hey, it does have the touch, doesn't it? Yeah. And the season ends with uh, Zarkon being critically wounded and Shiro vanishing and Hagar ordering minions to summon Prince Lotor. So Ooh. he'll finally be showing up in season three. Finally. So that's that's the basics of season two so sober what were your thoughts on season two any standout episodes highlights lowlights i mean I love them all I, <laughs> well i know that uh after speaking with neil about the sh- uh the show I, I know you weren't a big fan of season one i enjoyed season one it was quite the surprise because i was afraid the show would have been trash I, I, I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't say i wasn't a fan yeah it just there were some parts of it that were just a little rough yeah and the the only thing i find rough is i don't know why the goofy Japanese humor that they that these anime shows usually have, mm-hmm. it seemed like there was just a little bit too much of it in the first season. And I guess, and this might sound horrible, but I guess when it's kind of being done by Americans, it just doesn't always have the same... I, I, I think there's just... I don't know. It just doesn't seem... It didn't seem right. It seemed too forced. Maybe that's what it is. It just seemed too forced to me, and it seemed like it was... They would just go to it too too much, but yeah, you're right. The humor and, doesn't always land. I, I'll be I'll be the first to admit it. I mean, it, it was a little too. It was way too much in the first season, mm-hmm. and they kind of cut it down as you progressed in the season. I mean, the first like few episodes are very heavy in it, and I mean, I'm I'm cool with humor, but sometimes just that weird Japanese humor. It's just sometimes I know it just doesn't. It just didn't. It doesn't always work if you're trying to force yeah. an aesthetic. Yeah. And the humor falls flat in some of the same ways it did in season one, mm-hmm. particularly, as I mentioned back in our season one review with Hunk. Like, OK, we get it. You're fat. Not <laughs> literally every word out of your mouth has to be some comment about food. Can yeah. you talk about something else, please? <laughs> yeah. Why do they always have to go for the obvious joke of fat guys always talking about food? Right. It gets it's. It's it's okay every once in a while, but they do it every freaking episode. Yo, those cookies it's like in the it's like in this it, it's like in season two here when they go to that one like planet where 
it's like the swap meet or kind of the mall and they're yeah, looking for stuff space and it's mall. like yep. yeah space mall basically and of course like the first thing that hunk has to do is like gotta eat you know the first yeah. thing here it's like you know no you're on a mission to do something but oh you know i gotta keep the engine fired so you know and, and, but and then they, next thing you know he be, he becomes like uh mr oh yeah, you know, Iron Iron Chef. Chef. yeah so. I, I, I gotta say this as as a guilty pleasure, that is actually one of my favorite episodes this season. It does has nothing to do with the main plot, except for uh, what they went there to get in the first place. But uh, other than that, I thought it was just a fun diversion. It is right there smack dab in the middle of the season, so it doesn't really get in the way all that much. Um, yeah, it was a play on... No, um, I'm, 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 I'm good with the episode as yeah. a whole, but the, the, the joke of, like, oh, like Chris said, hey, he's the big guy, so of course he's always going to think of food. It's yeah. just like, you could have had him do other hijinks for being... Oh, yeah. A big guy. You don't have to just be like, oh, he's the fat guy that knows food, so <laughs> he, he's he's got to show this guy how to make good food. And of course, because he's the fat guy, he knows how to make good food, so everybody's eating it's going to love it. You know, it's like, come on. Speaking as a fat guy. <laughs> I'm all right with it. At the end of the day, um, I think that that episode and his role in that episode actually planted a little seed with a character that they introduced called Rapid Sal, who is who's freaking hilarious. I I, I really uh, enjoyed his character. I'm not saying it was derogatory against oh, yeah. fat guys. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it, it's, it's it's like there's makes, other humor that you can explore yeah. with the with. It, it paints, him, it paints him a little simplistic. and uh, I think the idea is you can only go to that well so many times, yeah. and when you do it every single episode, it gets tiresome. Yeah, I can, yeah. I can understand that. If they if they ran a joke into the ground with any character, it would start to get really old. And yeah, with uh, Hunk, he, he does get kind of uh, put on uh, put on blast and, and, and featured more of us as a simplistic character. I, I, and but, Chris, uh, Sobro mm-hmm. and Chris, yeah. you agree. Sobro probably knows more because then this is burned into his into his uh, his brain. Mm-hmm. But in the old Voltron, they never <laughs> they never uh, portray. I mean, yes, he was the big guy, but they never kind of portrayed him like that all the time. He was just, he was just a big lunk for the most part. It was yeah, a, with a heart saw of gold. He was just the big dude. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he was he just ate, the big. But they never like made out he was fat. He was actually not really fat in that show. He was husky and he had a he had a big build and maybe a stomach, but. For the most part, he was just a big guy in the group, you know, like okay. any other uh, mech anime series. Yeah, I was just wondering about that because, you know, I, I haven't seen that show in years, but I don't remember him being that way. And I, I was just thinking, I'm like, I know there's probably some bases that they're um, uh, basing these off of the originals. I mean, I know they're going to do what they need to do, but mm-hmm. um, I so, but go on sorry about that so bro nah, nah, um i gotta say they stepped it up in a lot of ways this season uh the set pieces uh, definitely continue to impress uh whether it be hand to hand like in the episode where um keith goes to uh to do the test for the uh the blade of mamora um i love that episode i thought it was really uh insightful and it, it introduced a lot for his character which they hinted at at the end of last season with uh when he combats those uh those wizards <laughs> for the guard yeah. um they kind of hint the fact that uh, there's more to keith than meets the eye and then uh he finds out about his past and he goes through all those trials to finally pass those trials so i thought that was a. Uh, really cool i mean if he's part gore we definitely can't tell i guess he's more human in him than anything else but um keith continues to be an interesting character and they continue to foreshadow the fact that he's going to eventually be in charge of the black lion someday and the way this season ends it's going to probably happen next season so (laughs) 
I think I think the mystery. It's time, it's time for Senpai to, Senpai to die. Yeah, they were definitely giving him the, the that death flag for a while. Oh yeah. And although I don't believe Shiro's dead, I do believe he's going to be gone for the majority of next season. To the point that if he does return, he's not going to be in the position that he was in the group anymore. He'll probably either be it's some other role. He'll probably fill some other role. May not even be able to pilot at that point because I do think Alora's going to pilot. Maybe, the blue or line. maybe he's the end. Maybe he's the enemy. You could very well be right. Um. I, they foreshadowed a lot that Lance is going to move oh, yeah. over to the red line because he talked about Shiro's got the stink of pineapple cake all over him, man. Sure does. And they uh... or pineapple salad. I'm sorry. <laughs> pineapple cake is what uh, that, that keeps you from dying. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> they did a lot of foreshadowing this season with uh, Keith and the black line and um, Lance in the red line. And I'm pretty sure the lore is going to be in the blue line in this series. But I love the fact that they took they've taken their time getting to that, so we can actually see them in the in the lines that they were actually meant to be in initially in this series. They took their time, and I, I like the fact that they're pacing themselves throughout the story, and they're hitting benchmarks as they go along the way. Um, a lot of side episodes this season. I, I like the one where um they had to rescue that alien race on that uh they were stuck on their planet. They were trying to escape before the planet um. Uh, pretty much. Uh, oh, the weird its, looking those yeah. those weird looking people. The weird looking oh, people. Those, that's a that's a downside for me. Oh I, man, they spent too much with those people. I I then, thought it was it was it was stupid. And then then the, and mm. then Hunk's got the thing for the one like girl or whatever that race. That that's what you're talking about. No no no. It was the one with those 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 people those, that those, don't have eyes. Those fat those fat to be people. Fat oh, oh yes. that was good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And I um, thought you meant that other, the other weird looking. Oh no, no, yeah. no, 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 uh, the, um, but the one where those people were stuck on the, that planet had the underlayer of acid. Um, yeah, the main, the main alien was voiced by Jim Cummings. So that guy's a voice acting legend. And I you was, can tell even, even though his voice was like yeah. robotified. <laughs> Like, there is no, there is never any hiding of Jim Cummings. Yeah, they really try to hide the special guests' voices, but you can pick them out. Um, uh, Mindy uh, Sterling was in the episode where they went to the island with the um, the nature uh, based people, the one uh, with the forest and the the forest dwellers oh, that yeah. had technolo- technology yeah. uh, abilities. Mindy Sterling was in um, the uh, Austin Powers movie. She played Scott uh, Scott's mother, the one who always yelled Scott. That woman uh, oh. that's Mindy Sterling. <laughs> I recognize their voice and it's like, I know that voice. But yeah, um, it was, uh, it's, there was a lot, a lot of great locales that they went to this season. And I like the aspect of the show for the fact that unlike the original series, they travel in this one. The actual, yeah. um, we always knew that the, the, the Castle of Lions was also a ship, but they really, uh, take advantage of that. So it has a little bit of a Star Trek feel when they go to different planets and run into different aliens and have to encounter them. And there's weird scenarios like when Lance and, uh, <laughs> and Hunt go to that underwater city and deal with the, uh, the underwater, uh, race of mer people that have had their, or have been mind jacked by that alien. And it felt like an Outer Limits episode to me, which I thought was a nice touch. So, um, just it, it, this this season went places, and I dug that. Um, another thing I really enjoyed was um, the Roe Beast battles. Um, they're not always with Roe Beast. Sometimes they're with alien monsters or with technology, and it's rogue technology or something like that. So they don't always end up having to use Voltron to take things on. Um, you know, they they sometimes can use the lines themselves. Or they have to take on uh, adversaries by other means, so they don't wear Voltron out to death like in the original series, where it was just a gimmick every episode. Um, they continue to use uh, 
Voltron as a uh, as an exclamation point, <laughs> if anything else. Um, but uh, yeah, there was a lot of uh, great events that happened this season. Um, the episode where Escape from Beta Trash was a funny episode where they are uh, where went, went going to rescue Slav. <laughs> that dumb scientist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. The yeah. dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a classic, a classic comedy trope, but they, they pulled yep. it off very nicely. And, uh, <laughs> the fact that that guy, as, as terrible as that, uh, that prison warden was, he loved his dog, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it makes me wonder what kind of role Slav will play in season three. Now they, now he's part of their, uh, their ragtag crew over on, in the Castle of Lions. But, um, the end battle, I gotta say, was, amazing Good stuff. Um, it really was uh i every time i saw zarkon's suit it reminded me of the epion <laughs> without yes. the tail i saw this yeah, like, that is mad epion-esque i don't know why it is but it is but it looked very uh, it was it's a, the, the redness and the wings yes and, yeah. and, and if you if you look very closely just like the first season had a lot of easter eggs so did this season like that race of people um that um that was stuck on that planet uh they looked they reminded me a little bit of the burbles from uh from uh well thundercats they spoke in the same way they had the same audio coding and anytime they spoke their little thing on the front of their faces lit up like the burbles did so that was something they also mentioned samuel flange in one particular episode when they're on top of the castle of lions trying to fix that thing um and they kept fucking it up until uh pidge got in there and set things right uh samuel flange is a direct reference to uh the thundercats because there's a uh, infamous bloopers where um someone is trying to say the word and they don't even know what the fuck they're saying <laughs> so they say samuel flange samuel flange what the fuck is a samuel flange that's actually in the bloopers <laughs> panthro says it and uh the, if you ever heard if anybody out there has ever listened to the thundercats bloopers you probably know what i'm talking about if you haven't look for them on youtube they're funny but um there's a few um movie references uh, in this season to Beta Traz is a reference to Al- Escape from Alcatraz and, um, uh, the one episode called, uh, G- uh Greening the Cube is a reference to Gleaming the Cube, <laughs> which some, some of you cats that grew up in the 80s probably saw that movie. But yeah, that end fight was great. It went a lot of places, um, to see Shiro's evolution and for him to get the Bayard back during that fight with, uh, Zarkon was fantastic. Yeah. And then the fact that the fight was not only in the physical, but also the metaphysical, and he had to take his mastery over the black line, uh, it just made for a nice set piece, man. I, I really did enjoy it. And um, the finally, fucking finally, get the reveal that Prince Lotor is actually out there. And those assholes ended the season on another cliffhanger uh, when Hagar says, summon Prince Lotor. It's like, yo, fuck you, show. For real. <laughs> waited two well, seasons. Well, you, you gotta have a season three, man. Yeah, I mean, it makes him be the next adversary, so I wonder how he's going to be. I do have they a, haven't showed him, right? They no, haven't show, I don't, but they may yeah. have. They actually may have. Remember the episode when? where um, Keith was stuck inside that giant beast? He ran into a pilot yeah. that was silent. That whole episode, yes. he was fighting alongside that, that pilot. That right. pilot, I believe, is, uh, I believe that's Prince Lotor. Uh, I I I wondered what what is the significance of introducing someone who doesn't say a word, who doesn't say a and you word. You never see their face, and you never see yeah. their face. And eventually, they they can run back that episode in a later episode and say that we've met before, and then he brings that up. So it makes me wonder. 
Mm. I believe that's Lotor. It's just that they conveniently never showed his face and he never said shit. I wish he spoke because then they could have already casted the voice actor and then that would come up later. But I do think that's Lotor and I guess we'll see if that's true or not. But um, I'll toss I it back. I think uh, that's, that's, uh, that's a good theory. If yeah, it, that's it makes a pretty good order. theory. There's another crazy theory. I forgot theory. about that. that yeah. That was a pretty good episode with that too. And, yeah, and I did like that. Yeah. That was a fight and a half. But... <laughs> But I'll toss it back to you. There's another theory I have, but I'll save it for the end. It's not actually mine. It belongs to a listener of ours. But uh, back to you, Chris. All right. And your thoughts on season two? Well, I got to say, I mean, um, it definitely took what you had established in one season one and just took it to a new level. I mean, um, every episode. You just wanted to see what was going to happen next. I mean, you got to the end of one. You're like, man, I need to, you know, I, I need to see what's going on. Um, you know, of course, from the beginning, when you have the great reveal from the previous episode of, you know, um, Zarkon being able to control the Black Lion, you know, you're wondering how that's going to work out and, you know, how that's going to play out in this season. And, you know, Solbro, I'd mentioned that that episode where, you know, Shiro has to uh, basically regain the trust and the abilities to pilot in the black lion and finally takes it over from Zarkon. I was probably one of my favorite episodes of the whole show, even though as a character, I'm not, I'm kind of ambivalent with Shiro. I mean, he's okay, but in this in this season, I really just um, I got you know, and I think it's because of the way they showcased him. But you got to say uh, to me personally, I, I just got more interested in Lance, especially with the way things come out about his background and the things that he can do. And you know, like uh, Chris and Solbro had said, they're basically priming it for Shiro dying and this guy taking over the lead the, the leader. And and you almost see to an extent even towards the end of the, the second season that Lance is kind of the unofficial leader of the Paladins at this point. Like he kind of, Keith, or I'm sorry, Keith. Yeah. Lance um, is a dumbass. No, yeah, I'm <laughs> sorry. Keith, Keith, Keith. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry. Um, but, uh, he's almost, he's almost kind of the, the, um, the unofficial, uh, you know, because they seem to have more trust in him yeah. towards the end. And and I think even Shiro is kind of realizing that it's just kind of the way that you see it. And um, yeah, that final battle. I mean, holy crap! You because the way they portray Zarkon in this, and once again, I hadn't seen the first show, uh, the original show, in a long, long time. Mm -hmm. But you know, he was just always in the background. Mm -hmm. He just bloviated a lot and had everybody else do everything but the what, the fact that this guy gets his hands dirty and i mean that was a hellified battle uh yeah. towards in in the last battle i mean that that has to rival a lot of your great animated anime battles when it comes to um you know final battles in a season or a show or something like that and um it really makes you uh I mean, you're almost like shit. I mean, I think I absolutely when when that episode ended and they showed the credits, I was like, shit, that's it. I'm like, fuck, I wanted to see more, you know, <laughs> because it, you just got so amped up. Um, but um, yes, the, the kind of the fetch quest stuff, breaking up the team, doing the little Transformers Prime stuff. Um, it, it, it wasn't too bad. I, I think it, it was kind of necessary in the way because it helped uh, develop the other characters. And plus, 
um, after the whole big reveal from the previous season when it comes to the secret of the lion, especially the black lion, um, you almost need to like that little rest, you know? Um, and I got to say too, uh, the portrayal of uh, Laura in this, I mean, much stronger woman than even in the original show. I mean, um, she was, yeah, she was the pilot, you know, she took over, or Sven when he went to the medical planet. Oh yeah, uh, it's a definite stay at the medical planet there, and um, you know, she, but she never really. She was just kind of okay. She's the girl. We need the girl. That you know, this is probably a way of help selling the toys mm-hmm. back in the day. But I mean, I mean you back, know, back it, then a female pilot was a novelty. So her to even be in the show, I'm pretty sure, just amazed people back then. But she has flaws, sure. and even more flaws this season oh, yeah. with the fact that she has that yeah, prejudice. Definitely, mm-hmm. definitely racist as hell. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, she she, uh, she she could rival some of our leaders now. But uh, I mean, <laughs> but you know what though, you can't blame her, and and that's one of the things of because but they wiped yes, out her whole family her whole race. exactly yeah wiped out her whole planet um, so yeah I, I get that and but then you know the fact that she was getting on keith about it so bad but then in the end she realized just like everybody did i mean he you know you're um you you can't change what you were born but the only thing you could change is who you are so i mean that that was um, you know, that was, that was the thing that you were kind of seeing there. And then, um, yeah, of course the whole thing, and I, I'm really interested in seeing Hagar being, um, you know, from, uh, Alora's people. Oh yeah. I mean, who the hell is she in the end? Is she, could she be the mother? Could she be Alora's mother? You know, could she oh, be a no. sister? Who knows? <laughs> you, you, oh, you don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah it's true. It, it could be. I mean, these are just, these are just because I, I would think she's got to be somebody that must be of something of legend or maybe a Laura new or something like that. Because the fact that you kind of make that reveal, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a little shocking because you see, um, somebody from your people, uh, fighting with, um, the Gaura, but you know, a lot of times that happens. I think, you know, that that's, I guess that to me, that might be my big speculation for the next season is, yeah that her being um was Atlantean or whatever um mm-hmm. she's it, she's going to be somebody of consequence um you know it's it's going to probably be a shock yeah i'm, th- I'm thinking she is connected to uh, allure in some way shape or form probably yeah, yeah. And, and it makes me wonder if she was instrumental in why zarkon turned on um the king of the altians and um how he decided yeah. to become uh an enemy of him and then eventually led to the death of everybody on uh, Altea in the first place. Um, I'm wondering exactly what her role in all of this and what the uprising uh, yeah. has to do with her. So it's, it's, it's definitely an interesting wrinkle, man. I, I can't wait to see how that and, unfolds. And, and she, and she's pro and you're probably right. She is probably very instrumental in the downfall of Altea. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Hey, that's what we're going to find out. But, um, yeah, but, uh, in terms of being an improvement from, um, first season i think uh is it was a vast improvement not i mean not that the first season was garbage but just the pacing um you know just the urgency um especially in the last half i mean the urgency is just there 
and um, you know, you get done with one episode, you, you're sitting there going, "Hmm, do I have time for another?" You yeah. know. So, <laughs> but uh, definitely some good stuff. So uh, back to you, Chris. Well, I'll just uh, <clears throat> reiterate all the comments that you both made. I do agree that the pacing was better this season, especially in the second half. Um, like I said before, the humor was still kind of hit or miss sometimes. Um, but some of the funnier moments were when Alora was trapped in the time loop and Koran kept getting younger and younger and oh, her yeah. mice kept getting weirder, weirder and weirder. Yeah. <laughs> I also liked when they went to the space mall and uh, the Koran dressed them up as space pirates. It's yeah. like, nope, just your typical... American Mall, but in space. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> or that they had uh, Paul Blart, Galra Cop. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, gross. Yeah. <laughs> this guy was actually funnier than Paul Blart, thank God. So that was all amusing. And on the action side, the last two episodes in particular were um, really well done. And you have a sense of urgency. You have the fact that they're not in the freight in this show to to kill people because we see quite a few of the uh, Blade of Mamora guys getting yeah. killed. Um, I also enjoyed that we got uh, a bit of an update on Pidge's storyline and as she in Beta Tress found out something about uh, the location of her father and brother. Yes, so I'm expecting we'll see that continue in season three and and actually go somewhere and, and that she'll finally find them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's fantastic. So, any other comments on season two before we close out with some ratings? I mean, if I had some cons, I would say yeah, that sometimes the humor doesn't always land as both uh, we discussed earlier. And uh, again, man, I, I the one thing in the show I do not feel is the music, man. Every time they form Voltron, man, every time they get into a fight, it just seems to just drop to the background as because it, it's background music, but that's all it ever feels like. I, I, I can't help but compare it to the original series, at least the American uh, um, uh, version of the original series where the music was just like blaring and it had it had it had a identity to me. Um, and I, I love the original Voltron theme. I wish to God they would bring that back but maybe there's some kind of conflict or maybe they just didn't want to bring back that old theme and come up with something new but it's unfortunate because I, I just think that's so that theme is so iconic that they should have tried to bring that original theme back in some way shape or form so that's what, my, the, 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 the uh, combination theme yeah the combination theme but just overall the overall theme in the series they would play uh, they would play that during the time that Voltron would come together so I, I am a little I am a little surprised with it being a Voltron show that, you know, the, the fond memory of everybody is, is watching these lions form Voltron. The fact that, yeah, the, the combination sequence, especially with the music is a little lacking at times. I mean, the combination sequence when it comes to the visuals is really cool. I mm-hmm. mean, it, it reminds me a lot more of like, uh, definitely like Gal Gygar where you kind of see like the inner workings a lot more. Cause yeah. if I remember correctly, the, the original, Voltron from years ago, it, you know, they just kind of fit together. There wasn't really anything like, you know, they they kind of hide their legs and stuff, but it wasn't anything major. Here you're actually seeing gears and and, and things like that. So, but yeah, that, you're you're kind of that's 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 an interesting observation. You would think that they would have a little bit more prominence, especially in the combination music. I mean, uh, the way I look at this, probably the same uh, composer that they worked with, because uh, the people who work on the show work on Cora um, uh, uh, and also the original Avatar. 
animated series. So um, it may be the same composer as those or someone that they usually they use, and they wanted to go in an original direction, and that's fine, I guess. I mean, to me, it's a minor gripe. It doesn't really put down the show all that much for me, but uh, it's just something that if I was to compare it to the original series, as much as it improves upon the original series, in that department it doesn't. So uh, that'd be my like my major con uh, with everything that uh, we talked about. Well, they don't even have to use the original music, but just do their own where it makes it more pro you know it because you know in the end we want to see the stupid robot combined yeah. we want it i mean and even and even and even though they tease you in this and once again i think it's good because the old show it was okay we're gonna fire a couple things oh the lions didn't do it i used my you know my fire breath and then my laser tail that didn't do it oh fuck it we're gonna form voltron uh, <laughs> couple couple things oh this get too hairy guys blazing sword the end and that was like every episode with against every row beast and it's cool in this one that like you said sometimes they just can use the lions or a lion um you know instead <laughs> of having to form voltron mm -hmm. but the ultimate thing the, the the thing that everybody really remembers of these shows of this show is the combination of the robot so yeah. But other than that, man, the music, the uh, sorry, not the music, but the uh, the writing, the direction, the animation, uh, the character designs, everything is so inventive. I I really enjoyed this season, and I can't wait for season three. Um, and so I'll, I'll I'll pass it back. All right. Uh, one other thing I noticed in the last episode, when uh, they're all fired up fighting Zarkon, there's uh, one of those in cockpit shots of all five of them mm -hmm. and when they go all like sketch stunts like oh we're getting all Gurren Lagann up in here yeah. for a moment yeah. yeah they did that in season one too I, I love when they do that man it's a it's it's definitely a Gurren Lagann uh, a nod it's gotta be it's freaking great it's like I, I miss Gurren Lagann it's 10 years old now I feel really old <laughs> welcome it to the team bro oh, wow. Dang, it's go. been a while holy shit so let's do some ratings to close this out. Sobra, what do you give season two of Voltron? I'll give it, uh, I will definitely give this four missing Voltron keys out of five. And Neil? I'm going to have to give it four metaphysical fights <laughs> out of five. <laughs> there you go. All right. I'm going to give this one uh, four space malls out of five. There you mm. go. There you go. Visit Repit Sal's, man, where, where you get the best food in the galaxy. But, I wonder uh, if the space malls are having problems like our malls are. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> could, could be. That place looks empty as hell. I, I forgot to bring up uh, something uh, that I heard in passing. I want uh, I do want to credit uh, the person who, uh, who thought this up, uh, who brought it to my attention. Shout-outs to Archetype Saber on Twitter. Uh, he also is one of the people who uh, are part of uh, uh, Shin Station Europe. Um, he, they recently did a commentary on this series, and one of their theories is that the mice that Allure has could be the the four former paladins, the ones that have you know, I, who no one knows what happened to them. But um, his his theory, um, I don't know exactly what the details of that theory are, but it's it's wild and crazy. Uh, I don't know if that's actually what those mice are, but uh, it could be some something nuts like. Uh, um, what's her name? Uh, Witch Hagar turned them into mice or some shit like that. <laughs> well, well, let me ask you this though, and yeah, because I thought they were around when Alora was a kid, right? Oh wow! If they are, then shit, that that bug weren't they? Weren't they when she was a kid? Because the Paladins and Zarkon, Zarkon was a Paladin when her father was alive, right? Yeah, he was. She, he, bet he betrayed her. He he betrayed her father, and then she went. He put her into deep sleep. So I thought. I thought that the mice were there when I 
and I could be wrong, and I'm sure people will tell me if I am, but uh, I thought in the first season she thinks about them when she was – they show something with her or the kid with, with the mice. That could very well be the case. I can't I can, I can't remember I mean, that's not if that's a bad the theory. I'm not trying to shit on their theory, oh, but no. I'm just saying – uh, I thought they were, I thought they kind of a style, but that would be kind of cool though too if we can find out. Uh, oh, maybe Hag- maybe Hagar's one of the old paladins. Yeah, the mice are also the color of the lions, each one. So um, that's uh, at least that's what was brought to my attention. So um, hmm. if that's the case, I don't know if it's true or not, but that would be a little bit of a neat twist since those guys have been in the show since the beginning. So I don't know, but shout out to Saber for that that theory, man. It could either be crackpot or you could be on some next level with that shit. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so the big, the big reveal in season two is going to be, or season three, is going to be Prince Lotor, which yeah. everybody wants to see. Can't wait. So, have they even showed any promotional images of him yet? Yes, I'm sure we'll we'll get some more next month and probably a trailer. Yeah, I, I, I believe they've actually leaked pictures of him already online, so people can look up and see what he is looks he like already. Look, does he look kind of like? Does he have anything like the? Like the original Prince Lotor, which was a pretty cool design for back then. Uh, if it, yeah, it, it was a cool design back then, and it makes me wonder exactly how he'll look now. I think they're showing screenshots of him from from the back, but they haven't see, shown his face yet. So we'll see what happens. But uh, it's, it's going to be pretty exciting, man. I'm, I'm excited to see uh, how villainous he is and see how good of a fighter he is. So mm. maybe put his father to shame. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. All right, and I think that wraps up this segment. And you were listening to episode 188. And uh, in this episode, we discussed season two of Voltron uh, Legendary Defender. And um, I hope you guys enjoyed the review. Uh, Look out for uh, season three in August. And uh, I'm sure we'll have a, a, a recap of that, too. As the days go along, as the episodes go along for this year. But uh, thank you guys for checking out the episode. Before we close things out, by the time this episode airs, it'll already be in the past. But uh, EX versus. The- <laughs> I like that yeah. disclaimer. Yeah, might, might as well just throw it out there. EX versus the Goddamn Nation uh, will be coming back. Um, it's actually coming back for a uh, a brief session on the 30th of June. If you guys miss it, you can watch the run back over on youtube.com slash Shinjuku Station. And when Gundam Versus does come out for PS4, we'll be having regular sessions again. So um, mm. if you guys never subscribe to uh, twitch.tv slash fightersready, please go to twitch.tv slash fightersready and subscribe. And if you get the game on PS4, please join us uh, when, we get the, when we get the sessions fired up again. Follow Fighters Ready on Twitter to keep up with us. Uh, and also at Gundam at MAHQ on Twitter to find out uh, when we'll be having sessions on a regular for EX versus the Gundam Nation. And thank you for doing so. Uh, in the meantime, of course, make sure to check out uh, mahq.net, the place where the magic happens. Also, sign up for the um, the uh, sorry the uh, the forums of mechatalk.net. That's the official forums for MHQ. And also, uh, make sure to check out uh, mahq.net on Twitter, as well as Gundam at mahq on Twitter, and follow Gundam on um, uh, at its own website, which is Gundam.net, where you can download episodes of the show and uh, and check out our other posts there as well. But um, if there's nothing else, that is it, man, for Chris, for Neil, and for myself, Sober Ryu. You've been listening to Gundam at mahq. We'll see you guys next time.
remember that one. Yeah, that's the Wing Gundam. Mm -hmm. It can transform into bird form for high-speed flight. And it has a large caliber buster rifle. Firepower and mobility. It excels in both. In fact, this is a mobile suit developed by Dr. J for an underground organization that opposed the United Earth Sphere Alliance. And when that organization launched Operation Meteor, it entered the battlefield and began... Kid, we got you, thanks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you want that one? Yeah! You know, if you can build Gumpla like that, kid, I'm sure you'll be able to win battles as well. You think so? I wouldn't be so sure of that if I were you. Uh, you are? Susumu. Say's Gumpla are all well built, there's no doubt about that. He didn't just assemble the models. He smoothed out all the seams and colored them with special paint. He made them all look like commercial samples. But, just because these Gumpla are all well built, it doesn't mean they can win battles. Correct. Well, that's just... All right, why don't we try one and find out? This'll decide whose Gumpla is better. Will it be yours or mine? Gumpla battle time! Oh. All right, battle! What? Yes, say think of your customers. Oh. Are you scared? Uh. Okay, let's do it then. I'm glad you said that. Please set your GP base. What bar I've been going? My zip is showing you the right way. It's DJ Eclipse on the mix. Gundam at MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint. And the rest of us gave Mama Bro. So now you know that I'm a 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 veteran. know of five Nexus 8 models that have escaped from Kalantha. Soldiers, dealing with deserters is the military's job now, not our concern. Well, something needs to happen. They have no special units to handle this case. Damn skin jobs. Isn't that why we branded them? Wo yingai, dakkar, nikmani, 